I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Humble Inquiries series. In this series, Leslie joins me as my co-host to humbly inquire into some of the most pressing challenges leaders are facing today. We have curated these challenges from conversations with hundreds of leaders in the past few months. In each episode of Humble Inquiries, me and Leslie are deliberately going to put ourselves in the uncomfortable space of not knowing the answer and humbly inquiring about these challenges with the aim to provoke new thoughts, actions and practices to help us better serve our coaching clients and also help the leader in you navigate these challenges both at life and at work. Hi, Leslie. Hello, Summer. Good to see you today. Yes, good to see you as well for another episode for Humble Inquiries. And today we are going to be talking about focus and especially for leaders and teams, it can play a huge role. So where do you want to start with? I think starting, what are we really talking about when we're talking about focus for leaders and team? The competition for attention priorities is fierce. So how do we identify what that focus is? Yeah, I think this goes beyond leadership. I think in the culture we live in, there is so much competition for attention that we are always distracted through our devices, through the apps on our devices, through the different websites, and a lot of things, even in the organization. There's a lot of things which keeps our focus away from what really matters in that moment. So I want to bring it back to what matters. I think that's because before we talk about focus, it's very important to identify what to focus on. And not just focus for the sake of focus, but focus always for the sake of producing a result. So what are your thoughts on that? I absolutely agree because we're living in a world where everything is designed to distract us. Everything is designed to give us that little dopamine spike or excitement and pull us away. So coming back to that why of focus and what's really the most important thing I think is where we have to begin. Yeah, and I think it makes focus easy because rather than thinking about what to focus on or what not to focus on, it gives me first those key areas and then that makes the choices to make easier. Rather than saying that I'm not able to focus on this, I know that this is not even worth focusing on. I, I absolutely agree. This one hits home for me a lot because especially coming from HR, there's what people would call the generalist nature of that work where you can do all these things, but how do you focus it? And so 
I've been challenged quite often with what does that look like? And even now in my own business, what's that focus? So coming back to the why and why am I doing this is really what has helped me generate more focus. Yes, and I think it's different for everybody. So if you are if you're working in a team, then again, identifying what is not just your focus, but also what is the team's focus. But if you are an entrepreneur or if you have your own business, then seeing from a business's point of view, like for this particular year, for this particular quarter, this particular month, where should I put my focus? And like another thing which comes with focus is that we cannot be focused physically, like biologically on hundreds of things at a time. So we have to choose because if you try to focused with everything, in a way, you're not focused on anything. You gave me flashbacks of the days of strategic plans that had 20, 25 goals in them. And what did that really accomplish? Because we weren't focusing on what is most important. And I think it's Stephen Covey who calls it that wildly important goal. What is that thing and how are you going to get there? So that really aligns with focusing on the why and what's most important organizationally to the team and then to you as an individual. Yes, exactly. I think I think from a leadership point of view, there was this concept mentioned in the book Essentialism about identifying the top goal, especially as a leader. And this is sometimes something which I recommend for any CEO that I'm coaching, that identify your top goal for tomorrow and then focus at least the two hours, the first two hours on your day, undisrupted, completely focused on that. And then you can go out and do everything else which pulls you away, which takes your attention away. But unless you do so, you're not really being committed to, to your role. Leadership, I think when we talk about in terms of leadership, focus is also very closely tied to being committed being responsible for what big responsibility that you have taken on. I like how you were saying about even as a CEO or no matter who you are, choosing what's most important even that day. It's like the cascade of all of those things. What's most important this year, this month, this week, this day. And it can vary, but it also can contribute to that overall focus that you might have, which is really a commitment. Exactly, right? So if you're driving, you can keep the whole route in your mind, but you have to focus on the road in front of you. So focus on the present moment or the today is very important. And identifying what do I need to do today to finally reach where I want to reach in three months, one year, or whatever time period you set is very important. So thank you for bringing that up. And as we're talking about it, we're talking about um, visualizing kind of a narrowing in of this into the focus, what that say the funnel looks like or that point and it may mean doing less instead of doing more and I think sometimes that's a challenge to wrap your brain around to be successful you think you need to do more but that's not necessarily how it pays off what do you think yeah, about that absolutely I think this is this was a big aha moment for me when I first realized that I do not need to fill each second of my time with something productive and that actually makes it difficult to focus on when it comes to the right critical things which I should be focusing on. And what are those some areas that I can do or spend less time on, but which I can be focused on and which can improve the quality of my life, quality of my results, quality of my relationships. So this is a huge cultural thing, I think, in, in most of the world. And if we can break that, sometimes doing less can actually be doing more. 
And in order to do less, it may mean you need to ask for help in other areas and how you can ask for help so that your focus remains where it should be or that powerful commitment to happen. Exactly. I think especially as leaders, this becomes very important because then asking for help engaging with other people around you, not just your team, but also your peers. And then the third thing is the ability to say no. I think that's a huge, huge missing skill in our times that almost everybody and that I talk to have this has this narrative that I know this is important, but I couldn't get to it. So this directly comes from the inability to say no to what is keeping you from what you know or what you say is important. Yeah, and answering that why of to help get to the heart of that, of why you're not getting to that, what is the cause, and what can you do about it? Yes, exactly. And one simple like way is to just say no. And then that gives you that space to focus on the right things. And also speak it out, right? Not just say no as one word, no, but to speak it out that I'm saying no because there is something else which I have committed to. That makes your commitment more real. That makes your commitment more visible to people around you and not just keep them wondering why suddenly a no. I think that's a great point with leadership, especially that if the leader's saying no to something else, really reaffirming the commitment and the focus of where it should be. And this is why we need to say no to this project at this time or this initiative because otherwise that can lead to demotivation of the team if they think they bring this idea and the leader says no it may be no but it also may be just be not right now no exactly yeah i think that's a very important point so coming to team members right what tactical ways i think given that the culture we speak about is a culture of distraction and there are things waiting to pull us away What would you suggest to somebody to bring more focus into their day-to-day? Yeah, how do you eliminate those distractions? I think the first is almost identifying what your triggers are and how to minimize those distractions. One of the greatest distractions we all have is our cell phone. And how can we make that not a distraction because it pulls us away from what we're working on. And that is, we talked about it more in taking control and ownership of that so that it's not owning you on a tactical level. That means turning off your notifications, putting on do not disturb when you need to have that focus time. It really means shutting that all down. When you and I are doing these, everything else on my desk is closed. There's no other window open, the phone's down, off. So it really is the very tangible act, taking control of that for yourself as opposed to letting it control you. I don't know if you have other tips in how you manage your technology there with that or things you've seen with other leaders. Yeah, I think you're touching something very important here that any tool and technology is there for us rather than the other way around. Sometimes we become slave in a way that the tool starts to own us. When you ask people, why did you pick up your phone? They say that because it rang, right? That, that who, who owns the phone? Does the phone owns you or you own the phone? So again, as you said, just because you have a phone doesn't mean that you have to answer every call or you doesn't mean that you have to keep it on at all times. And if I identify that for this day, this is my focus, then everything else should be off. Everything else by definition should be off. Now 
there are tools there are technology which can actually block like for from my tab right before 7 pm almost everything which is social media which is news which has anything to do with distraction is blocked after 7 pm like even if i try to open it it will show me a message this is blocked you can't open it it's like a my personal firewall and the same with my the same with my phone and i've seen people leave their phones totally especially on weekends when they want to focus on their families so i've heard about that and that's that's an amazing way to really be present with your family and just focus on what you are doing in that moment and the same goes to work i've seen leaders who would not take their phone to a one on one meeting and that gives sense a huge message first of all that this meeting is for you and i'm going to be totally focused on you so again owning your tools and technology and then using them for the right reasons rather than being you being used by them is so powerful but at the same time with so many people leave it at the default settings which means that your phone is buzzing the whole day around yeah i was coaching someone last week and that exact thing came up and they said they took time off and they sh- they shut off all those notifications and here the moment they came back they turned back on it what's the need and shutting it down and you could just see the relief of yeah. turning off those noises and notifications i also think it does warrant a conversation microsoft teams and chats and slack there is sometimes an expectation of response time within organizations but i think that's a conversation to be had as the team of what that looks like so that you can maintain focus while us also being responsive to other team members needs so having those conversations is a critical component of the ability to have the focus yeah yeah i think especially if you are a leader and if you have a team then giving them that autonomy to decide when they want to engage on those platforms and when they want to step away is very important it's very critical also because if your team is saying telling you that to deliver on what they have promised they need to focus and or they need to step away then as a leader it becomes your number one responsibility to basically allow your team that choice and not to come in that way because otherwise the team is not doing what it is supposed to be doing and then that means that you are not doing as a leader what you are supposed to be doing and you are not delivering on what responsibility and commitment so it's so simple but yet so often it is missing or it is so difficult to put into practice in organizations what came to my mind was the concept of flow so if you have all of those things happening in the background and yet you finally got into this flow of what you're working on and that's really that extreme focus state just a simple notification or a chat ding or something like that can disrupt that flow and it's gone so there's a cost to not having the focus and those commitments as a team as well exactly right and beyond the commitment and the productivity which is lost i think there's a huge cost to the well-being right it's it's just not healthy to hear a ping sound every 5 seconds or every 5 minutes even it's just our brains our bodies are not built for that like it's that dopamine hit but to always be in that constant state of alertness it's not healthy it takes away from it drains our energy it reduces our productivity it added the stress like people find it difficult to leave their phones yeah. uh, because it produces stress so that shows us the paradox right it's not just about productivity it's also about health and well-being 
which is so much more important. It is. And I know at the beginning of the pandemic, whenever all those tools became even more critical because we weren't in the same physical space, I noticed that impact to my own well-being and had to learn how to turn it all off and what would make more sense to be able to continue to focus on the work that I needed to do. And then as a leader at that point, giving my team permission to do the same. You have to take care of yourself. And if that means shutting off all those notifications, go for it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think another thing which, uh, which is coming to my mind is the power of choosing your language. And instead of saying that I haven't been able to do something or I am trying to do something or something took my attention away or my time away, saying that I choose not to do this or I decided not to do that because nobody is forcing you to do that. You're choosing in any moment. If you're in a meeting and your phone rings, you're choosing to answer that phone. Right? If you're in a meeting and your boss suddenly calls you, you're choosing to answer your boss or choosing not to. But all of these are choices and we get away, we make it easier psychologically by using these uh, like defense mechanism or escapist language. Like I did not have a choice or I have been trying, but I have not been able to. But if you say that I choose or I didn't choose, it will be staring in your face, which will like, which might be provocative in the short term, but it will allow you to be more diligent with coming back to your why, what exactly needs to be focused on and help you make those choices easier in the long term. Yeah. And those choices to allow the interruptions or to shift your focus, it's not multitasking, it's really task switching. You can't, no one is a great multitasker. It just is a myth. How you have that awareness then of what you're doing and making that choice and the why behind it really is an important tool to start recognizing in yourself so that then you can change that behavior. Same as why do I procrastinate? Okay, trying to figure out what was causing that. I was, I'll use myself as an example. I was making choices to do other things. So I'm prioritizing them as opposed to that. And the risk of doing that and doing the task switching, I think means you may not be producing as high quality of work. So not only does productivity go down because you're flipping back and forth and then you're slower, your risk of errors is greater. Exactly. So it's so simple, but you said it right. Multitasking is a myth. And I see so many people and I was one of them that I was proud of being able to do more than one thing at a time. I was be I would be talking to somebody, but I would have an article open in, in another window and I would be reading through that. Or I would be talking to somebody, but I would also have a conversation on WhatsApp on the side. What we forget is right that the quality of our interactions reduces massively. And the quality of learning, if we are learning something, reduces massively when we try to do two things at the same time. And there is enough research, there is enough science behind it that if anybody who is listening wants to find out, they can find out. But multitasking, just human brain is just not capable of doing two things at a time. You can do as many things as you want, but in any given moment, you can only focus on one thing. Yeah. I once was at a seminar and one of the simplest exercises he had us do was say the alphabet and also count to 25, but do them like A, 1, B, 2, and time it. So say the alphabet timed, count timed, and then try to do it switching back and forth. 
and you, you can quickly see how slow you are when you're switching back and forth as opposed to accomplishing one and then accomplishing the other task. Yes, I think we confuse our brain to a computer. Like, while our brain is not a computer, it might have similarities, but it can, yes, as you said, focus on one thing at a time, unlike a computer, which can multitask, which can like have multiple cores, multiple processors doing. And it's, and it's not just about processing or it being analytical, it's also about energy. Focus requires energy. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong in taking a time off five minutes after an intense period of focus or taking a day off after a week of working or to take some hours off in the middle of the day to, to focus on something else so that you can come back and focus on work more effectively. So focus takes energy away. And then we. I think there is also research that there is only so much focus time possible in a day. And this was in, in the book, Deep Work by Carl Newport. And uh, yeah, have you read that book, Leslie? I have not read that book. That's a new one to me. So I added it to my list. If you saw me jotting down, that's what I was doing. Yes. Another important thing, I think, from that book, what you were also referring to was the state of flow is especially for anything which is creative, right? For creative professionals like software engineers, people who have to write. It's very important to block out time in chunks, like not just one hour split out over a whole day, but to let's say have four hours in a chunk to focus on that. Because one, one thing with flow is that sometimes it takes 30 minutes to 60 minutes to get into that state of flow. So you don't want that to be like somebody to come in and disrupt you at time. And if you notice, a lot of writers, a lot of painters, a lot of creative professionals actually do it that way. They would either block out their entire mornings, four or five hours, or they would take like the entire weekend or three days off and then go in a cabin and do something. But it's very important for creative professionals to have this as a continuous period of time rather than just chunks of 15 minutes. It will not just work for many different professions, many different activities. When you were comparing us to we're not computers, I used to tell myself I have too many tabs open in my head. So just like your Windows browsers and you have too many tabs open, I have too many tabs open in my brain and I need to shut them down so that I can focus. And that's one of the reminders I give myself when I'm, when I sense that I'm doing it and I need to catch it and bring it back into what's the most important thing right now and focusing on that. And yeah, the flow is important for those creative and technical professionals, but it's also important for all of us going back to focus and well-being, I'm actually listening to the book on the power of having fun. And she ties it back to playful connection and flow. So you need to have all those things. And it's the same thing. If we're not focusing on having fun, we're not really doing that either and connecting with other individuals. So I think focus is critical in our work, but also in our lives too. Exactly. And another thing which you were mentioning, right? So those tabs open actually take us away from having fun or being in the moment. And one thing which I do is always keep a notebook and a pen. So if there is something which needs my attention, I just write it down so that I can let it go and then come back to it. And there's another research which says that I think we can hold only five to seven things in our short-term memory at a time. So anytime we go beyond five or seven, we are going to forget some of that. Then that keeps our brain occupied. What did I forget? So instead of instead of trying to keep 
or juggle those five or seven things. Just keep your brain on one focused element and then write everything down on a paper so that if you forget, you know where to come back to. So that's a very simple, very tactical trick which, which you can use to make sure that you are focused and you're not bothered by anything which comes up for you. Well, I have a question because this is one that I'm not good at. All, all those times when there, where those things pop up that you want to go back to and you jot it down, then where do you put that in your day or your week? I, I go to a seminar and I learn all these new things and then I want to go back to them. And I find that I struggle getting back to that just because I've left that moment and moved on to the next thing. So I think that's my own challenge with focus and just wondering if you had any tips or tricks in that element based on how you've been navigating it. Yeah, maybe you don't have to go back to that. Another thing I think related to focus is time because focus would not be an issue if we had unlimited time. Focus is only an issue because time is finite, at least in, in the calendar sense of the way, time is finite. And that means that there is a limitation, right? There is only so much we can do or we can cram in a particular amount of time. So any time, at least for me, any times I see that I'm overcommitted or I've said yes to too many things, that means that I have to cut back. Even if those things which I have to cut back are like important, quote unquote, important for me, because then that's beyond my capacity. If you take a bike and load it with so much stuff that it can't move, that's not the problem of the bike. So it's very important, right? It's about time as well. Time is finite. And yes, we want to do more. We want to increase our capacity. But by overloading ourselves, we are not doing any anybody's service. So sometimes it's acknowledging. And that's not negative. That's not negative in any light. That's only saying that I know that this is important. But I also know that I am at my capacity. So this has to wait, even though this is important. And why? Because because the things that I am doing or that where I will actually spend my time, the quality of output is important. If I am with my son, then that quality of time is very important. Similarly, if I am programming, then those two hours, if I am able to focus, I will be able to do more than eight, eight hours of unfocused time. And I know that. I think every creative professional knows that. So that's where we have to be very diligent to coming back to what is important and yes, you cannot have 10 things which are important, right? In any given day, any given time period, you will have to prioritize and say no to things or delay things at least for the time being. Right. Yeah. Great perspective like that. And I think that's one of those things, like I said, I am challenged with. You mentioned a great book and oh, I want to read that, but I already have 10 books on my to read list so that it's just going to have to wait based on what's most important to me and my focus at this time. Great perspective. Yeah, I have at least 50 books, 50 physical books in my home, which I want to read, but I haven't read. Probably <laughs> close to. Yeah, I'm sure I am. <laughs> at, at least 50 physical books. And uh, yeah, it's very important for me to know that while there might be something of value there, but if I focus my time right now on reading those or clearing out that backlog, then I am taking time away from something which is more important. So I'm not doing it, but I'm consciously choosing not to do it. When we, and we've talked a bit about creating that time and space for focus, creativity, flow, what other things do you think help really create that opportunity for focused, deep work? Again, I think one thing, uh, the way we are different from computers 
is if you put a computer and give it something, it will always produce a predictable outcome. I think we human beings are unique and different. And that means that we have our own like times of the day when we are more alert, when we are more energetic. And there are people who love the mornings. There are people who love their nights. So it's also being able to customize to your own preferences, understanding how your body works and then being able to shift your time zone or shift when you wake up, when you go to sleep so that you utilize your maximum, the time period when you are most energetic or when you are most naturally focused. I think this, there was a book called When by Daniel Pink and he talks about this. We all have our cycles and to be mindful of that can allow us to make those choices. Have you, have you read that book? I have, and I heard him speak about it, and it that was exactly what I was thinking of. And I remember being like, oh, wow, yeah, I have this time where I'm really good at this type of work, and then I have a slump. Why not do your emails during that slump so that it's not requiring as much? But then I, I always hit this other little peak, and it was more my creative time, later in the day, which was surprising to me when I finally paid attention to it and realized like, oh man, from three to five, I can just kill it. I am so focused and love that time of day. Whereas someone else, that might be really late at night. And it's also, as we go through our life, there are those moments of when and what suits your kind of biological clock. So paying attention to it is really important. And my way of doing that is noticing it and capturing it and journaling it and then adjusting my schedule so that I can take advantage of when suits me the best. Exactly. I think that's a wonderful book. Uh, I'm still remembering nuggets as you speak from that book. But I think another thing which I have seen some teams do is to dedicate a day or two during their week where they say that no meetings allowed for us. So they set a clear boundary even to their managers, to their bosses. And that allows them a certain sense of productivity, but also from a wellness point of view, it creates a break, especially if you do it on Wednesdays, it creates a break between the week and that allows you to be more healthy, more calm, more peaceful, and also more settled and centered in, in your like, rest of the days. And I've done it and also noticed coming back from time off, connecting back to well-being. Okay, you took all this time off for vacation, and you came back and you're slammed. You can't even finish vacation because you got to catch up on emails, say on that Sunday night to prepare for Monday. Whereas if you blocked that Monday for catch up emails, no meetings, you can re-enter and be able to focus on what's most important. I think that's a good tip for both focus as well as well-being. Exactly, right. And I think the quality, I think it's so easy to miss quality matters a lot. Even if something mundane as eating, if I am focused on that, it impacts my body differently. If I am totally unfocused, it has a particular quality to it. So not just what you are eating, but how you are eating. And similarly, not just what you're talking about, but how attentive are you in each conversation makes it easier for you to not be so tired and exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think about I go for a walk every day and for a while I thought, oh, I should listen to a podcast or a book or whatever that may be. And I realized it wasn't serving me well because I was losing what I would would be gaining from that walk and that break away from it. So I've now gone back to headphone free and just enjoy the sights and sounds of nature. And that goes to 
how we plan, how we calendar, but how we focus and how we enjoy it. Exactly. I think this brings us full circle, right? We, by focusing, what we are doing is we're putting ourselves first. We're saying this is important and that means that something else is not important. And that's not a negative thing, right? It's the first step. It's the foundation of everything which we call leadership or which even beyond team leadership, right? Personal leadership first. There is no team leadership possible if people are not focused. And there is, there is no personal leadership focus possible if I am not focused. So to me, this is very foundational. It absolutely is. Start with yourself. Start with that one thing and then share that with your family, your team, your workplace. And that focus just continues to propel you forward, I think. Yes, yes. Anything else you would, add, you would like to add before we summarize and close this? I feel like I'm energized by the focus that we've talked about today, even for myself. So I'm ready to go attack my calendar and make sure that I'm staying focused on what's most important to me. So I appreciate the conversation about this and hopeful that for other individuals and leaders that they can be inspired to do the same. Absolutely. And it's not selfish. I think there's also that notion associated that if I take time for myself, then to feel guilty about that, that's wrong or that's selfish. But again, coming back to the metaphor of you always put your own oxygen mask first. And in fact, that is necessary if you were to do anything beyond that. So focusing on the present moment is not selfish. Saying no is not selfish. In fact, that's how you get more done. And brings us back to the same metaphor, like sometimes to do more, you have to do less. That's a great place to, great note to end on, I think. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Leslie, for joining me in another conversation for Humble Inquiries. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear, to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time. Keep choosing leadership.